0: Just tuned in to the only podcast that brings Disney and technology closer to home. Welcome to the DizCast, with your host, Mark Silverman. Today is Sunday, February 5th, 2012, and this is show number 37 of the DizCast. Coming up on this week's show, I am joined by my good friend Mark from the Remember the Magic podcast as we sit down to discuss the latest items from CES 2012. But first, some contact information. You can find us on the web at Sylvies.com forward slash discast, follow the show over on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash discast, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thediscast, you can email us at Sylvies.com or listen to us on the official Stitcher app. And now, on with this week's show. Now it's time to talk Disney and technology on this week's Discast Roundtable. Welcome, everyone, to this year's CES 2012 Roundtable. Joining me, as he did last year, is the co-host of the Remember the Magic podcast, Mark Moran. Hey, how's it going, Mark? It's going pretty well. So, CES 2012, we are basically sitting where we were last year discussing CES... A lot has changed since last year's CES. Uh, as you and I were discussing previously before we got on air, uh, this year kind of was a little bit of a disappointment, if you ask me. It was, it, I, I agree <laughs> totally Mark. I mean, I'm I'm just not really sure where companies were with their big, fantastic announcements. I mean, I remember last year, we were sitting here, we were discussing about uh, the Microsoft Table that was coming out, Mm -hmm. and, you know, there was a whole bunch of excitement around that, and then now we come to this year, and there really wasn't that much. Not to say that we're not going to talk about a lot that we definitely can see in Disney Parks very soon, but... You know, I'm just wondering where that stuff is.
1: I think they ran out of ideas until probably 2013, where no ideas are going to come out like an iPad, Evil, or something like that.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking before too, is I think that, I definitely think that um, we're going to see a lot of new technology, like always, we're always going to see new technology farther on during the year, but as of now, you know, it's just interesting to see what CES brings us each year, because it's really a good indicator of where technology is moving in the world. That's true but in any case we definitely have a nice I guess list of things that we've seen at CES 2012 this year and to probably start off with what I think is one of the coolest things I've seen possibly ever is the MakerBot Industries 3d printer
1: I saw this earlier with another 3d printer but the MakerBot looks very awesome and looks interesting to see even in the Disney parks
0: yeah, I, I mean, we're talking about a product that, you know, you can print 3D. It's just this is something that you send in a file, and it will print you a 3D living, you know, not living, obviously, but it will print you a 3D object. You have to have AutoCAD behind you, though. All right, okay, so you have to have AutoCAD. But, I mean, besides that, for, you know, this just shows where is 3D printing moving to? You know, how close are we to having 3D printing in our home? I mean, this, I mean, not to say that this isn't expected, because this straight off the bat is $3,000. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not there yet, but this is pretty interesting to see, um, you know, where we're going with this type of stuff. Next we'll be making a 3D of food. 3D food would be interesting, because, I, I mean, already I'm kind of in, extremely impressed. hmm You know, and as, I, and as you were saying, this is definitely Disney-esque, what, what we're looking at here.
1: As I said before, we, uh, we, we recorded, it reminds me of something from Santa Claus movie where they made more
0: Santas than they should have. Right, I agree. I mean, this is definitely something where, you know, I think you're right, this is something that belongs in Santa's Factory.
2: hmm
0: And, you know, this is definitely something that I think represents very well what Intervention stands for, or what Epcot in general stands for.
2: hmm
0: It's definitely the future, and it's definitely, you know, interesting to see how, you know, it's coming. In 3D printing, you know, this is something that, you know, it's 2012. This is something that, you know, we're supposed to have flying cars. Yeah. So... You know, to see that this, at least, we're moving in that sort of direction, the fact that, you know, technology is moving that that way is pretty cool. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm looking forward to even having it in my home
0: in the farther future, know what I'm going to have. You know, you never know. You know, 2000, you know, fast forward a couple of years, you know, this is easily, you could easily see this in someone's home. Mm-hmm. 3D printing may be the future. Probably, yeah. And as I was saying before, going back to uh, Interventions and in Epcot, this is... Definitely, definitely, what I think people have envisioned future homes, mm-hmm. and I could see Disney making a complete, you know, area around this. I don't know about you. I could,
1: I could see it like being part of like a home-esque place or a, a company place where they have like things being made within the
0: computer or into the uh, 3D printer. Because I mean, I know that Disney has a whole bunch of stuff with the with you no know, the the home tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I mean, this 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 could be interesting to see if Disney would do anything with this, because I mean, this is I mean, at three thousand dollars a pop, it's like it's like candy to Disney. This doesn't really cost them that much.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, times it by ten or whatever you get, you bring it into the parks, you train staff on it. And, I mean, I can definitely see this coming.
1: Yep, and you can see th- in
0: 3D printer seeing what's being made at the time, which I think is really cool. Just just looking mm-hmm. at how it puts everything together. And Then I think that. You know, coming soon, as you said, this is coming to our houses.
1: And probably companies first, but houses next.
0: Yeah, they're definitely companies first, but I think that this could... You know, we're slowly moving into the consumer space Mm. from the industrial. So moving on with our discussion of CES 2012, we bring to something that actually isn't really that new. It's Kinect, or I should say the company that makes Kinect for the Xbox 360 company called Prime sense uh, This is uh, it's it is really a company that apparently has been doing this since 2005. They, they were the original creators of Kinect. They had licensed the product to Microsoft. And we all know that how much Kinect has picked up in at least the past year, going back looking at 2011. Kinect has really jumped significantly in the amount of money that it's made for not only, well, I should say not money it's made, but in the popularity that it's gained through its use of literally hand motions. And I know that at least in Disneyland, they in the House of Tomorrow they just they use Connect And they also
1: do have Connect in uh interventions where they can play Disneyland Kinetic, which is interesting.
0: Right, that too. That too is very interesting, Disney Connect, where you are taking, you know, I guess what's similar to uh, Virtual Magic Kingdom. mm mm-hmm. Where you're walking through Disneyland, you know, and I think from what I read online, they've done a very good job replicating Disneyland. Also, you know, all the different nice and fun adventures they've added in with Connect. Mm-hmm. But what's also very interesting is coming this year, and it's already on sale. If you go on Amazon, Kinect is now moving. They're going to sell a Kinect device for Windows. So you don't even. So you don't even need an Xbox. That is interesting. So if you think about this, this opens up the market even more because now you never know what you can do now. With the Google uh, April Fool's joke that they did last year, now it can be
1: true. The Gmail where you can like. Uh, send emails with, like, your hands doing motion. Right,
0: right, 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 yeah. Wow, but you're you're right, yeah. I think that, you know, we're very soon to see where, what's next. Mm-hmm. I can have we see the uh, Gmail April Fool's joke, as you were saying. That's not that far off. And really think about it. With
1: the algorithms and all that stuff, you can send numerous stuff, and now mo- no more sitting at your computer, and you can stand up. Do some exercises and all that
0: yeah I mean I know that you know Google did that whole thing as a joke for their April Fool annual April Fool's joke but still you know this is now like wait a second this is not that far off at all mm-hmm. how far you know when as you said you know when are we coming where we don't need desktops well we need desktops so we don't need mouses we don't need keyboards and it is you know this can revolutionize the workspace to be very honest yep now you can boss can say do some exercises
1: go in front of the computer and send an email or something like that
0: you know the poss- now that this will be out in Windows and I'm sure that you know they'll open up a um, application API so you can develop for it mm-hmm. the possibilities that you can bring in are as you said literally endless. I mean I can like my mind is just going crazy now with the things that they can bring into the Disney parks. Mm-hmm. You know, facial, The fact that this thing can recognize faces, this thing could recognize hand gestures, I think this is pretty incredible. The traction of its own uh, with Microsoft hosting it. Right, I mean, I know Disney has a good deal with Microsoft in general. I mean, yes, they always have a phenomenal deal with Apple, let's not get into that now, but, you know, they, they definitely have a, a deal with Microsoft. Should be very interesting to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking, you know, I, we can think from very small and just, like, Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom type things. new Nuke Possible type things. Or you can go big to, like, maybe interactive fireworks.
1: Nice. I think it would be awesome to see Kinetic as an attraction or even as a, a touring of the Magic Kingdom, Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom, even in Animal Kingdom, or
0: how astute I can see it being. I can see that, too. I mean, I can just... I can just imagine, too, you know, the fact that this can run on Windows now, the technology that they can bring this to, like, any attraction.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, in our next item that we're gonna get to in just a moment, you know, that, too, will, can go hand-in-hand hand with this. But, you know, I can see a track... As I say, you know, interactive fireworks aren't fine, that may be a while off. <laughs> but, you know, maybe interactive shows... I can see it. I mean, because you know how, like, at, at the clo- all right, just take for example, the closing of Epcot every night, they always put, like, lasers on Spaceship Earth.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe people can, you know, projection on Spaceship Earth or something like that and, you know, and control it with their hands. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, just that or, you know, interactive rides. Inter- I can imagine interactive great movie ride, and now that you mentioned Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. Imagine interactive great movie ride with you know the villains coming on board and you have to defend. Um, uh, seeing Kinetic, act, great movie ride, great to see.
1: Um, Kinetic in general is an awesome tool. I wish I could get Xbox and Kinetic to play Kinetic Adventures and uh Disneyland Adventures, but unfortunately, I haven't gotten the chance to.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of want to see the game too myself because you know, as you said, I haven't gotten a chance to either. You know, this is definitely a big product for Disney. And, you know, I, it's definitely, I mean, it's a big product for everyone in general, mm-hmm. but this is definitely a big product for Disney. I can definitely see this bringing in, you know, doing a lot with it. And then, as, as I was mentioning before, the next big, big thing that really has come out of CES this year has been Ultrabooks.
1: Yep, that's the new kind of tablet, but it's now uh, combining a
0: tablet with a new PC. It's both, yeah, it's an Ultrabook, really. As you you said, you know, they created their new category. And what I I find incredible is, uh, you know, as I said before, these things literally are computers. They have the power of computers, but at the same time can be, you know, are very versatile and mobile. Uh, Ultrabooks looks awesome. I
1: wish I'm going to probably buy one as soon as possible, but the HP one I've seen was $1,000, which I'd probably buy uh, iMac first,
0: and then get the Ultrabook. You know, these Ultrabooks... You know, they're versatile, they're a tablet, same power of, as a computer. So, you know, connecting this to a Kinect or anything like that is really not that far off. Especially because they'll have the computing power, unlike Netbooks. You know, I- I'm not a big believer in Netbooks. Not to say they're they a bad device, because, you know, I'm sure they're very useful for what they do. But if you're going to run something, you know, you're going to run your own applications, you're going to want some power behind it. Mm-hmm. And especially that these things are going to run Windows... That's going to be very helpful, and especially if Kinect's going to come out for Windows. You know, you can just run applications, you know, you buy a cheap Ultrabook, and you can have a lot of applications going, and there are a lot of things that can happen. Mm
1: -hmm. And it's four gigabytes of RAM, which is a lot.
0: Which is a lot, yeah. I mean, you find that in standard desktop computers now. So you're taking the power of a desktop computer and putting it not only as a desktop computer, but also as a tablet. Which makes which makes it you know which makes it I think incredible.
1: Uh, it would be it'd be awesome to see this in the Disney parks. Maybe having the uh, cast members carrying it, or even having guests playing with it on maybe interactive online games. Virtual Magic Kingdom could come back and play it inside the parks, not at your home or anywhere
0: else. First Virtual inside Magic Kingdom. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that actually would be pretty cool. I, I mean, we all would love VMK to come back. Mm-hmm. VMK, I think, was a smart move by Disney, and I'm actually, I, you know, I'm still upset that they closed it. But then brings up the other question of safety slash annoyance. Because mm-hmm. I don't know about you, I already get annoyed when people walk in the middle of the parks with their maps. Yep. Yeah. And they walk into things, they're not paying attention. And this would be multiplied <laughs> by, you know, who knows how many people. Maybe just having guests, hopefully, will be
1: sitting at, like, benches or at tables and playing it there or viewing it there.
0: Yeah, Sa- safety-wise, yeah, and for everyone else's sake, yeah. But this, these things, you know, these definitely can come to the Disney parks. This is definitely possible. You know, they're, they're not at all that far off. The technology's there. We've seen it at CES this year. So, you know, it really is just a matter of adaption time. Mm-hmm.
1: And Apple did uh, uh, originally release a Ultrabook, but they didn't call it that,
0: but it was the MacBook. Ma- uh, MacBook Air. The MacBook Air, right. Yeah, I mean, it's not really an Ultrabook, but it's the same idea Ultra. as an Ultrabook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It exists. You know, so we have Apple's application of it, which is the MacBook Air, which has taken off significantly. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very interesting. you know. There's a lot of possibilities now, all of a sudden. I-, I must say, it really is amazing that all this technology, you know, with the Ultrabooks, they can the fact that all these technologies can play so well with each other, you know, and this is not even to mention the iPhones and the iPads of the world, where you know, who knows what Disney still can do with them.
1: Yep, iPhones are already being introduced with the
0: their own application, the Disney Parks app. You know, as, as we were just talking about it back in our year review show with um, Fast Pass and all these other applications that they can develop. It's going to be very interesting to see, you know, where the technology brings us as you know in general in the world and then where it brings us into the parks
1: mm-hmm. another one that i found interesting was the glasses 3D, 3d tv which is uh toshiba's take on the glasses 3d tv and it'll be coming out in the united states as they had saw so two that came out in germany and in japan and this has a facial recognition that helps you get the prime spot to watch the television and it's pretty awesome i've seen in pictures as it guides only four people but can uh, uh accumulate up to nine people to got to the best spot and you can watch in 3d
0: without glasses wow that's all i can say about that mm-hmm. is that's incredible but it's expensive it's good but it's expensive yeah well i, I for some reason i i kind of had a feeling that it would be expensive. I, 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 don't, I don't know why, but I mean, 3D TV has come such a long way from when I guess it start where it started, and now not even having
1: to use uh, glasses to watch the 3D. Right, which that too
0: is pretty cool. I mean, and as we, you know, as we said, 3D technology has come a very very long way since. You know, when it was first, I guess, since. Um, when it first came to market, mm-hmm. you know, which was pretty much last year, really, was the first time 3D TV started to pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what also, though, was interesting is. You know, we, we've kind of seen a big growth in 3D, as I've said, and. 3D, you know, Glasses 3 3D, especially, you know, it's expected to be expensive. I mean, this is like going back to when HDTV first came out you know, everyone didn't want to switch over from S- from the standard-definition TVs to the because, let's be honest here, it was expensive. And it still is expensive. And, and you know, they've come down in price dramatically, drastically, and that's, I guess, why a lot more homes have it. Mm-hmm. But, it definitely, um... You know, 3D TV definitely is still far out. It's still far out there. It is.
1: But it's going to come a long way from... Coming to most and maybe everyone's home in the near future.
0: Right, and then what you said is which is pretty incredible is the fact that it's glasses free, which opens this up to, you know, regardless, you know, not only, I mean, you know, wh- what's next?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Glasses free 3D, you can do a lot with that. I mean, now once you get 3D footage, you know, you eliminate the need for glasses, so you can bring this to, you know, anything. Mm-hmm. You can apply this to your own house, you can bring this you know, parties or whatever, you can apply this to theme parks too, which I think is really cool.
1: Yeah, I can see uh, Captain EO being
0: glasses-free and just having to watch the show without any glasses. Exactly, I mean, you take the same technology, you know, and it doesn't have to be in small TVs, but the same technology now can be expanded. Mm-hmm. Captain EO 3D without glasses, Captain EO, that would be cool. Yep. I would pay, or I wouldn't pay, but I would pay good money to see that, I must say. Mm-hmm. I would pay very good money to see that. You know, just without the 3D, without the glasses, would be incredible.
2: Mhm.
0: Hey, you know, look at Muppet Vision in 3D. Muppet Vision, non-3D glasses, you know. Mhm. Is this really has you know these possibilities of sh- for at least show applications is you know ridiculous. Mhm. You name it, they can do it. Speaking of 3D technology, another big thing that happened this year at CES ESPN had an enormous presence especially showing off ESPN 3D which I mean I don't have a 3D TV and I don't know about you but you know I, I can't really you know experience what ESPN 3D is like but you know they really have been the first company just in general to produce 3D programming and let alone 3D sports and it's incredible what they were doing I mean they had you know they had 3D cameras all around, which, you know, is expensive to begin with, but they had 3D cameras all around. They had everyone who was there with a pair, had a pair of ESPN 3D glasses watching boxing in 3D. They had boxing in 3D, they had, um, I believe uh, Sports Nation in 3D. So they were doing live programming in 3D, which is incredible. And, you know, this is where the future is coming, is 3D cameras and 3D, you know, 3D programming. 3D channels. It, yeah, it really is cool. And as you were saying, you know, glasses-free 3D TVs with combined with 3D programming—that's the future, right there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, just this kind of this kind of technology, 3D is coming, and it, it's back, and it's better than ever. It really is. Yep.
1: And uh, seeing FaceTime in 3D—that would be awkward.
0: FaceTime in 3D is Star Wars, my friend. That would be holograms. That would be really weird.
1: That's probably going to soon be happening, and uh, holograms soon becoming the next thing.
0: Right, especially because uh, you know, as we've been saying, 3D technology is there. It's happening. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible. And what ESPN has done with it, what ESPN has done with it too, is is imp- very impressive. Uh-huh. Uh, don't they already have a 3D channel? Um, they, do, they do, yeah, ESPN has a 3D channel. ESPN already has a 3D channel, so... You know, you're already taking this nation, this country's biggest, you know, obsession, sports. Mm-hmm. And you're combining that with the 3D technology. This is groundbreaking stuff. I mean, I don't know about you, I can't think of any other programming, actual TV programming, that's in 3D.
1: Nothing out of my mind except for sports.
0: Except for sports, right. And ESPN, you know, ESPN and Disney really have been leaders in that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They're doing what they do best and innovating. They're innovating with 3D sports. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible. It really is. Because it's, you know, as you were saying, it's as realistic as I, I, I can see it. You know, it, it's really it's very realistic. You know, we're not talking small... You know, movies, we're you know, we're talking three D programming, I can see the news in three D. hmm I, I can see a lot coming three D real soon.
1: Now moving on to another thing that is now waterproof. A waterproof tablet which is Pantex Element, which will be soon coming out on the AT&T network.
0: I want this phone. Honestly, yep. I'm an iPhone obsessed person. I, I, I want this technology to be expanded drastically and it needs to happen quick.
1: We all need it. We've dropped water onto our iPhone, onto our tablets, I mean, numerous times, and it soon will get ruined, but with the pansec element, it won't happen since it's waterproof.
0: Right, and this technology would make, honestly, this would make the iPhone that much better. Mm-hmm. You know, you can now shoot underwater without any special cases, without, it really would just make it that much cooler. I, I can't even describe this. You wouldn't have to worry about your phone getting wet in the rain. You wouldn't have to worry about your phone getting wet on rides. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all, as you said, we've all dropped it before. I've it, even dropped it, it too. Into... It just adds the protection.
1: Uh, you, you can even drop it into puddles if you're walking somewhere and accidentally you slip or drop it.
0: You know, the iPhone as it stands today is one of the most fragile phones on the market. So just adding this little. Just, just adding this little protection, I guess, just with the fact that it's waterproof, it, it, it is is just you know, great. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really just like amazed that it took this long for them to come up with this type of technology.
1: Yeah, I don't know why they haven't done it before, but seeing the iPhone 5 in waterproof tablet, um, waterproof. I mean, the next big thing that Apple could put out. Hmm.
0: Yeah, that really would be the next thing, big thing Apple put out, and I would buy it. I don't know about you, I mean, I just got the 4S not too long ago, but I I, I would buy it. Mm-hmm. I, I would possibly sell my 4S for a waterproof phone.
1: Yeah, uh, I would get it, but it soon probably be coming out onto more of the platforms, not onto the tablets, now onto the
0: iPhones and smartphones that they are. You know, I'm not going to trade in my iPhone for a Pantech. Mm -hmm. Not at all, you know, just because it's waterproof, but it's definitely good to see that someone's thinking about it and someone's doing it, which will then maybe kick Apple and maybe they'll come up with something and do it better and bigger. And
1: And now moving on to the uh, external hard drive, the Western Digital Thunderbolt external hard drive is their next big thing Western Digital's been putting out. They never had a uh, Thunderbolt external hard drive before, so it's a big thing for Western Digital.
0: Yeah, and what I find funny is I remember last year when we did this sit-down. If you go back to last year's show, we were discussing a bulletproof hard drive. hmm Which I just find this incredible, what they're coming out with for protection and for the fact that now this is going to be Thunderbolt. Which, you know, if, for, for those who who don't know, you know, Thunderbolt is max, basically, USB 3 Mm-hmm. It's not USB 3.0, but Thunderbolt is one of the fastest IO Ports that I think exist. anywhere. Mm-hmm. If I actually had a Mac that was supportive of Thunderbolt, I would buy this. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, Thunderbolt technology—it's amazing. You know, if you look back at what Apple's just done just for Thunderbolt, this little Intel uh, port that has now expanded—it's incredible. Now that they're adapting Thunderbolt. You know it's very soon i can see thunderbolt and us3 usb 3.0 computers all around Mm -hmm. and the fact that western digital one of the this nation's leading hard drive makers you know you can see where this world is moving and the fact that these companies are adapting new technology Mm -hmm. the fact that these companies are now going to come out with all these new peripherals supporting um thunderbolt you know who knows what's next.
1: Uh, Thunderbolt now coming out to the PC, which maybe will be in the near future.
0: Like we said before, Connect's going to come out for uh, Microsoft Windows 7. So Windows 7 having that, and then having the Connect combined with maybe Thunderbolt. You know the limit you're going to add now. Connect to away from Microsoft, we're going to add Connect to Mac. So now the possibilities are really, really endless. Mm-hmm. And you know all these new peripherals are gonna start coming out, and it's gonna be incredible. You know, three maybe three D printing connected via Thunderbolt.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it's incredible.
1: Everything can relate to one another,
0: and this is the same type of technology comparison as when uh, Bluetooth came out. This blue, this impact that this is gonna have is gonna be incredible. It really is. Mm-hmm. Bluetooth really did change the way that we look at mobile technology, and you know, I'm gonna be, you know, I'm really gonna be interested in to see how thunderbolt's gonna change i'm gonna be really interested to see you know we never know maybe that uh thunderbolt's gonna come to ultrabooks and that would combine the power of tablets and desktop computing you know open the world to peripherals and you know this is really a big step especially that you know now these external hard drives that western digital making is coming out with um thunderbolt I could see it, you know, maybe a couple couple years down the line, if Apple would ever do it, you know, Thunderbolt-enabled iPads with expandable storage. Yeah,
1: on the iPad, I could see it.
0: iPad, I can see it, because the iPad is basically a full-fledged computer. Mm-hmm. And lastly, in our discussion of CES 2012, let's take a look at Gorilla Glass. Gorilla Glass 2, actually, I believe it is. This Gorilla Glass, as we know, is one of the strongest glass that is out on the market today and that is available for consumers. I believe that, although they haven't released it officially, I believe that Gorilla Glass is the glass that goes into the iPhone 4 and 4S. Even though it's not official and Gorilla won't, um, the company won't release the official, you know, yes or no. But this Gorilla Glass, you know, two, is possibly the strong, is the strongest glass I've ever seen in my life. And we're talking glass that is millimeters thick and can withstand over 100 pounds worth of force and won't crack.
1: That's awesome. I I think that the Gorilla Glass is on the iPhone 4 or iPad 2. <laughs> Since when I dropped my iPhone, iPod 4 on the floor, it never cracked the glass. But my friends dropped the iPad uh, 2 on the floor and it cracked.
0: Right, so I mean, Gorilla Glass, so at least the first generation Gorilla Glass, you know, is strong but it's only as strong as, you know, the person who's using it but the fact that this glass now is probably almost twice as strong and thinner it's amazing how they can make something so thin and yet so strong so you know who knows maybe we're gonna have a very maybe we're gonna have a thinner iPhone Mm -hmm. or just thinner phones in general it it really is um, incredible how they can make glass so thin and so strong You know, it's amazing to see, you know, where mobile phones are going to go. Just, just, you know, iPads, iPhones, just the new technology in general, where it's going to go and how it's going to, you know, with the fact that the glass is now going to support it, so these things are, you know, strong as can be. Mm Mhm. I I, I find this really, you know, I I find this Gorilla Glass really cool. I can't wait till they bring Gorilla Glass 2 into the iPhones, because I know they're going to do it.
1: Gorilla Glass seems incredible. As numerous phones have broken and the glass broke, but the Gorilla Glass hasn't, which is very good. And now you don't have to buy newer or or updated uh, iPods or smartphones or something of that nature.
0: Right, right. These things are gonna start lasting a lot longer, Mm -hmm. which is great, at least for the longevity of these things. It's not great for the companies. No, <laughs> well, no, it's not great for the companies, but it forces everyone else to update, though. Yep. Well, on that note, that concludes this year's CES 2012 discussion. I'm sure, and I'm sure, Mark and I have missed a ton of stuff that has happened at CES 2012. Well, on that note, that concludes this year's discussion of CES 2012. My thanks to Mark Moran of the Remember the Magic podcast for joining me. And Mark, you know, what what do you think's next in the world of technology?
1: I think there's going to be iPads at the table as they released the Windows table last year. More uh, Ultrabooks coming out in uh, 2012 as last year was the ta- year you of know, tablets, this is going to be the year of Ultrabooks and so much more to expect in 2012 in technology.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. It's, you know, I'm really interested to see what uh, CES 2013 is going to bring us.
1: True. Maybe uh, ultra,
0: ultra tablet book. Ultra, ultra tablet books. I can definitely see that happening. And with that, once again, I would like to thank Mark Brown from the Remember the Magic podcast. You can find his show on the web at com. And Mark, you know, thanks for joining me as always. Thanks for having me. this week's show my thanks once again to my good friend mark moran for the remember the magic podcast for joining me you can find his show at yensteadstudios.com you can find our show once again online at sylvies.com forward slash discast thanks for joining us on this week's show have a great week everyone from all of us here at the discast thanks for joining us this week be sure to join us again and until then have a magical week